Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. All right, folks, welcome to the first episode in our new series, What to Say When You Hear Something Racist. Now, if you heard the trailer, then you know that for the next two months, I'm going to be helping you build your skill set to respond to racism. And I hope you know that this is not just for educators. This series is for anyone. So please share. And also, if you're listening to this while you're walking or driving or you're doing something and you can't stop and take notes, and maybe you hear things that you want to remember, then head over to our Bright Morning Instagram feed. You'll find the link to that in the show notes, and you will see posts with reminders of some of the things that I said, some of the questions I asked you. Okay, so in today's episode, I am going to guide you towards deeper understanding of your identity. And I think that this is something you will find really interesting and energizing. And I'm going to help you see how this self-knowledge is essential in order to say something about racism. I do hope that those of you listening who are familiar with my transformational coaching model are making the connection between what I share about to be a transformational coach or to be a transformational leader. You've got to start with yourself. That idea is a foundational principle of my coaching model. Start with yourself. Start by knowing yourself, understanding yourself, building your skills before you try to go out and help others understand themselves. So because today's episode is the first in this series, before I get into the core content around identity, I do want to back up and do two things. First, I want to quickly define racism. And I want to outline what it is that you need to know and be able to do to interrupt racism, because I know you want to. So let me provide some context for this series, and then we'll get into all the stuff around identity. So what is racism? Very briefly, racism is a system of oppression, a system that comes out of a belief that one race is superior to another based on biological characteristics. That's the first big idea that defines racism. It's a system. Now, the only racist system that has ever existed is one based on the ideology of white supremacy. And this is a system designed to benefit and privilege whiteness by every economic and social measure. That's the second big idea. The third key idea, someone is being racist when they unconsciously or consciously uphold a system and a culture of white supremacy. Okay, so the definition of being racist is that you are doing something consciously or unconsciously that preserves white supremacy, both the system and the culture. So perhaps most simplistically said, 
racism is the expression of white supremacy. Okay, take a deep breath because that definition, just hearing me say all of that might have evoked some emotions in you. Maybe take a moment to actually bring some awareness to how you're feeling. Whatever feelings came up for you, those are normal. So here's the thing. Racism is pervasive in our world. It's everywhere. And it's almost impossible to not be infected with it. And that means that just about everyone at some point has had racist beliefs and may have acted on those beliefs. And it's really a lot easier to do the work of anti-racism if you accept that. It's a lot easier for me to do this work if I accept that I have been racist at times. I have held racist beliefs consciously and unconsciously. Accepting that helps me to stay humble and it helps me cultivate empathy and curiosity for others. So in this series, I'm gonna be digging into the emotions that come up. That's why I wanted to pause us for a moment and just give you the opportunity to say, yeah, what emotions came up for you hearing that definition of racism? I'm gonna be exploring the emotions because this is essential knowledge and skill to have to do something about racism. And I'm gonna be digging into the kinds of dispositions that will allow you to be most effective when you wanna figure out what to say when you hear something racist. So there's one more thing I wanna say right now about how I define racism. Sometimes we talk about microaggressions which are these subtle messages that are communicated that someone doesn't belong. But microaggressions are just a form of racism. Maybe you can think about it as a continuum of how racism is expressed. And along that continuum, you're going to find stereotyping and the kinds of things that you might traditionally think of as racism, like the use of derogatory language and so on. But along that continuum, there are also other acts. I'm going to give you a few examples from my own life recently. I was on an airplane sitting in the exit row and the flight attendant came to explain how you have to agree that you can open the door. And when she arrived at our row, she scanned the faces of everyone in our row. And then she got closer to me and she said in a loud voice, do you speak English? That's racism. Here's another recent example. I was in a grocery store, the kind that has an eating area in it, and I was standing by the front door waiting for my family. And a woman walked up to me and handed me her tray full of her trash and half-eaten food. And she said, I can't find where to put this stuff. Could you take it for me? She thought I worked there. And she thought she could just hand me her trash. That's racism. Or let me give you one more example. I was invited to be on a panel of educators. And when I showed up, I was told that they were so happy to have me there because they really needed what they called a Hispanic representative to share that experience. Now, if you're listening to these anecdotes that I share and you're thinking, I'm not sure how that is racism. How is it racism? What the woman did on the airplane or the woman in the store? How is that racism? Then that's a legitimate question, it's fine. And this podcast series is gonna be really helpful to answer that question. But for now, I want you to know that I consider those to be examples of racism. And those are ones that I've experienced. 
But this podcast is focused on helping you learn how to take action when you witness racism. Now, that could be if you're a person of color because you experience it, but primarily I'm talking about when we witness racism. And let me be really clear about something. I am talking to white people and people of color because we all witness racism regularly and we could all use more tools to respond to it. So I'm talking about when you are at a dinner with friends and you're talking about a new TV show and someone makes a comment that you know when you hear it is problematic. Sometimes I'm going to say it's okay to use euphemisms for racism if they are a scaffold to help you recognize and deal with the truth. So you could say you heard something that was problematic. Like your friend said, well, they had to put him in that role because Asians are so naturally good at math. Something almost innocuous, but it's not because that's racism. I know that you want to say something. At least part of you knows you should say something. You should interrupt that problematic thinking. I don't want to make the assumption that all of you listening know that I wrote a book called Coaching for Equity, in which I go much deeper into explaining racism and white supremacy and defining it. And because I'm actually hoping that there are some listeners here who aren't familiar with that book, I am going to give you one chapter from it. It's the chapter entitled How to Understand Race, Racism, and White Supremacy. So if you go to the show notes for this episode, you're going to see a link to access that free chapter in case you don't have the book. All right, now one of the knowledge and skill sets that you need in order to say something when you hear something racist is this somewhat simple foundational knowledge of what is racism. You got to be able to recognize it when you hear it or you see it, right? That's like a precursor to saying something. And so in this series, I am going to be helping you refine your identification of racism. So there's a lot more to say about this and I'll come back to it. All right, before I jump into the content of this episode of Brown Identity, I want to ask you something. Have you rated and reviewed this podcast on Apple Podcasts? If you have, thank you so, 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 so much. And if not, would you head over there to Apple Podcasts and do that today? Here's why I'm asking you to do this. One reason is I want to hear from you and I read those reviews and they lift me up and they energize me. And so thank you to those who have left reviews. The second reason is because the number of reviews that we have and the overall rating really makes a difference in how this podcast gets shared and circulated. So I got to tell you, recently I was looking for a new podcast to listen to. And I got some recommendations from searching online. And then I went and found those on Apple Podcasts. And I noticed that I was looking at the number of reviews and the overall rating that those podcasts got. And I chose the podcast that had the highest number of reviews. I mean, that's how I decided, which makes sense, right? So if you listen to this show and you like it, please head over there, give us five stars, leave a short review, just a few words. It'll take you less than a minute and it really does make a difference. All right, back to the show. 
Okay, let's talk about identity now. So our socio-political identity is a central part of who we are, and it greatly influences how we move through the world. We all have intersecting social identities. Our inner sense of our racial, cultural, or ethnic identity is one aspect, and how we are perceived racially or culturally is another aspect. Our gender is another social identity. Our age is another social identity. Our class background is another social identity. And there's many more. And each of these identities might be more or less salient depending on the context. So take a moment right now. Can you think about a context in which you were really aware of your gender identity? Maybe that was because you walked into a room and you noticed that you were the only person there with that gender identity. Like you walked into a conference session and you thought, I'm the only man in here. Can you Perhaps think about a context in which you are really aware of your age group identity. Maybe when you hear young people talking about something from popular culture and you don't know what they're talking about, maybe you start thinking like, I'm really getting old. Cultivating your awareness of when you are really aware of your identity markers is an important element. Think about your racial identity. Racial identity is often front and center. So imagine this, okay? Imagine meeting a new colleague, being introduced to someone you're going to be working with. Maybe imagine being in a room, a new colleague walks in. What are the first things that you usually notice about them? Maybe their gender, maybe their race, especially if they don't share your race. Let me be clear this noticing, whatever it is you notice, it's not good or bad. The fact that you notice it is just information for you. And the fact that we often notice people's race is to be expected because we live in this world that has been polluted by white supremacy and racism, which means that our racial identities play a huge role. But let me complicate this a little bit because this stuff is complicated. If you identify as being white and you imagined a new colleague coming into that room, if that person was white, do you think you'd say to yourself, a new colleague, a woman, and she's white? Or do you think you would have said to yourself, a new colleague, a woman, and then I don't know what else you would have noticed. So if her whiteness is the norm in your work context, maybe you don't register what you perceive as her racial identity, maybe because you perceive there to be no difference. This stuff is complicated and there's lots and lots of layers to unpack. Let me just jump in a different direction now for a second with something specifically to folks who consider themselves to be white people. I'm really curious what you know about your ancestry, your ancestors' cultural and religious identity experiences. What do you know about 
their linguistic histories? What do you know about their immigration experiences? In order to dismantle racism, we've got to start exploring and unpacking and actually deconstructing this whole notion of whiteness. White people have complicated identities, and your presentation as a white person has given you a lot of privilege. And we got to acknowledge that identity has also come with a cost, the loss or the erasure of history and culture and stories. Colonization and the transatlantic slave trade took history, culture, and stories away from millions and millions of people. And it took millions of lives And that loss was unimaginable. It was catastrophic. It continues to cause suffering of all kinds today. And colonization and the transatlantic slave trade also required Europeans to surrender their identities and to buy into this construct of white person. This label, this identity experience is really problematic. So there's so much for us to unpack and explore when considering identity experiences, when considering what does it mean to be a white person? How do you acknowledge the privilege as well as the loss? Let me just add another layer of nuance right now. And I hope that you're getting ideas of sort of directions you might want to explore more deeply. So most of the time when people meet me, when I'm that colleague walking into a room, people think, ah, Latina woman. Maybe they hear my name and maybe that affirms this Latina woman. So they are perceiving my external identity, how the majority of other people see me. However, there's another way that we need to understand identity, and that is about one's internal identity. Because although I fully identify as a Latina woman, my mother was Jewish, and I identify with being Jewish. I think of myself as being both Jewish and Latina, not half and half, because each of my identities is complete. But see, other people don't see that Jewish identity when they meet me or they hear my name. Lots of people have an internal identity and an external experience. Your internal identity is how you see yourself and feel inside. Your external identity is how the majority of other people see you. Maybe you can make connections with this because you probably have internal and external identity marker experiences that might be about racial identity, but they could also be about other identity markers. And so this has to do with what isn't seen what's not immediately apparent and obvious. So what is it about you, about your identity experiences that you think people don't perceive? This could be your class background. It could be a physical ability experience. It could be a family status identity experience. Like maybe you were adopted and maybe you look just like your adopted parents and no one ever guesses that you were adopted. So that's an identity experience that is internal in a sense. Let me shift this reflection a little bit. Which of your identity markers do you think people immediately notice about you? 
that could be your age, your height, your accent, and how does your awareness about this influence who you are or how you are? Let me give you an example. Maybe this is kind of superficial, but I'm short. I am five feet, one and a half inches tall. And I've had a lot of experiences meeting people since I started writing books. And they meet me in person and they say, oh, you're shorter than I imagined. I don't really care that they say that to me. I am short. But sometimes it does have an impact on me, knowing that I'm going to be experienced as like short and knowing that society seems to place a value on height I'm sometimes tempted to wear heels when I go out so I can appear taller as a way perhaps to suggest I really am valuable. Okay, I said maybe that was superficial, but as I'm saying this, I realize maybe it isn't superficial because this value around height really is connected to or emergent from white supremacist values around physical experience right? Taller is more powerful, more authoritative. So maybe it isn't superficial, but let's go back to you. Perhaps you speak with a regional accent. Maybe you have a Southern accent. How does that affect how you think about public speaking? Or maybe you're an immigrant and you speak English with an accent. How does that affect how you feel about speaking out in meetings? So this is the second reflection area I want you to dig into. How do your identity markers and experiences influence what you think, how you feel, and what you do? Again, the first one is which of your identity markers do you think people notice most immediately? And the second, how does that knowledge and awareness of what they notice influence you? So here's the thing. I have so many reflection prompts for you to think about in terms of your own identity. And I'm not going to share them all here because that would take a long time. And what I really want you to do is like sit down and write about them. So I have a tool for you to use to do that. It is from the Art of Coaching Workbook in case you have that. But I'm also providing it to all of you as another free downloadable resource. So if you go to the show notes for this episode, you'll find the link and you can get the Exploring Identity Markers resource. I really want to encourage you to spend some time doing this reflection because the way that we understand ourselves has a big impact on who we are and how we show up in the world. And the more you understand yourself, the more you understand your own identity experiences, the more able you will be to do something, to say something when you hear something racist. Let me tell you why. Depending on your identity experiences, you will have different emotional responses to the racism that you see and hear. And in order to process those emotions, you need to know yourself. Next week, we will be digging into exploring emotions as they come up in relationship to hearing something racist. But this knowledge about your identity is critical to unpacking emotions. If you know yourself, you'll be able to better understand your triggers, when you are inclined to step up and take action, or when you might be tempted to step away from something challenging. 
if you understand your identity experiences, if you know yourself, you'll have heightened awareness of your own privilege and responsibility. And you'll also be able to access your humility and perspective. In a few weeks on this podcast, I am going to start telling you about things you can say when you hear something racist. But I'm not just going to give you sentence stems to use. I'm going to give you this simple framework that I've developed, a framework that you'll be able to think through, but you won't be able to use it effectively if you don't know who you are. And if you don't know how to engage with your emotional responses, if you can't feel your own learning, your humility, your own experiences within you. So yeah, I know you might want that framework right now, but if I told you about it and you tried it out without having done this pre-work around identity awareness, and then the learning we're going to do next week around emotions, then you're not going to be successful in the way that I know you want to be successful when it comes to saying something about the racism that you witness. And I think you're really going to enjoy doing a deeper identity exploration. So use that resource that I'm giving you linked in the show notes. Or if you have the Art of Coaching workbook, it's on page 16. And if you can talk about this with colleagues or friends or family members, you're going to get a lot more out of it. So you could do the worksheet with someone else and then talk about your insights and your learnings. But I know you're going to appreciate doing this. It's an activity I use in a whole bunch of my workshops and folks always report finding it useful. So as we go through this series on what to say when you hear something racist, I'm going to be looping back to this content, to this discussion around identity, and we'll dig even deeper into it because there is a lot more to say about how you understand yourself and the role this understanding plays when it's time to speak up. Take care and I will see you next week.